If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Bike Radar Podcast. Today, I am your host, Simon Brom Bromley, and I am joined by Ash Quinlan, our senior technical editor, and today we're going to talk about uh, Zwift racing or Zwift racing mistakes. And now I've heard that Ash has made many of them, not because he isn't a smart person, but because he can tell you all about them and you won't have to make the same ones. But before we dive into that, Ash, how are you today? I'm all right, thanks. Um, Yeah, my ego's now recovering (laughs) from from that introduction. Uh, I'm just going to let that marinate for a moment. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, um, Yeah, how are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday, so um, I'm now 34 years young. Happy birthday. <laughs> thanks very much. Um, yeah, I had a day off, very nice, took my little one to uh, soft play, didn't touch the bike. So yeah, what have you been up to, Ash? I have been uh, not Zwift racing, as it happens. Um, I've, I, I did a race a few weeks ago and realised actually that the knee injury that I've been managing for the last few months uh, was still still playing up a little bit, and I just wasn't strong enough to be able to hold hold the pace for the, for this you know the time that I needed to. So um, I've sort of lent away from that a little bit. Um, but I've been doing a lot of testing recently. I've had, I've had some uh, a nice bike and a couple of ni- nice wheel sets that uh, I've been riding on the road. Um, trying to brave the wet weather that we've had recently. Um, I've had a Castelli Perfetto ROS2 jacket on test um, for listeners that are interested in riding outdoors at the moment. It's been, it's been raining it, so It is raining so much, at least in the UK anyway. Uh, but if you are into your mixed weather riding, uh, Castelli Quietly 
updated the cut and the fit um, earlier this year. So I've been putting that through its paces. And given I'm relatively broad for a cyclist, um, I'm six foot two or 188 centimetres tall, but relatively broad. Uh, so the the fit has actually works for me quite well. And so, uh, yeah, you'll be able to, be able to read that um, in the coming days if it isn't live already on bikeradar.com. Cool, looking forward to it. Well, let's get uh, straight into the sort of Zwift racing section of this podcast. And I think it's fair to say that you know, you and I are both very experienced indoor riders, but you have, you know, dabbled in a lot more racing than I have over the years. Now, I've done a few, yep. and generally they've been off-putting because of how hard they are. Yep. But um, but you have plenty of experience Swift racing, don't you? Uh, I've got a, a little bit more, yes. Um, I sort of got into Swift racing as part of a team through an old job Uh that I used to do, and I, I sort of joined after I left. I left that company, and uh, yeah, we, I just got into the team and um, and started sort of contributing my effort to the uh, the Zwift Racing League that it competes in. Uh, but I've done a couple of um, of sort of separate races as well, just to get a feel for the flavour of things and 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 how things work. I wouldn't say that I'm totally hooked on it, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, discretion is often the better part of valour. Uh, when you're just not feeling right, or you you know you're not well, it's not worth uh, not worth putting yourself through it. Uh, I would say, but we'll, we'll come on to we'll come yeah. on to a little bit of that later. But um, yeah, I've done I've done I've done a little bit, and uh, I've got some insights that um, I, I certainly am able to share with people who are interested. Okay, let's just start and sort of recap a bit about what is Swift racing, and you know, obviously, it differs from from racing your bike in the real world, doesn't it? Fundamentally, so yes, <laughs> yes it does. So, well, tell us, tell us, how, what is Zwift racing and, and how does it differ from racing your bike in the real world? Well, we're saying Zwift racing in the same way that a lot of people say Hoover instead of vacuum cleaner. Actually, okay. it's, it's, <laughs> it's virtual racing. Um, there, are, there are several platforms on which you can uh, do virtual racing. Uh, essentially, your smart trainer is hooked up to the, to the internet uh, and to your computer, um, and you can compete against people um, around, you know, around, the, around the world, essentially. Uh, when it comes to Zwift, uh, specifically, it's, it's fair to say it's probably the most popular and most well-publicized uh, gamification zone that you can go into. Um, I, I think, I think Zwift has its Zwift has its own um, Zwift Racing League, which is the um, which is the racing league that it runs and the you know does it in seasons. I think there are three seasons per sort of calendar year. They run like in a a bit like um the the English football season. There's a there's a <laughs> you know, it runs just you know, the in autumn, there's one right over sort of January into you know, winter sort of time, and then and there's another season um that runs after that as well, I think. So yeah, there are I think there are three seasons anyway. And uh yeah, you can ride you ride as a league, you can gather points together and so on. Um and as a team, you collect those points much like you would on a on a on, you know a road race that you see on on the telly or if you ride them yourself, and uh, yeah, and that's essentially how it works. It transposes what you see theoretically on the road and puts it onto your smart trainer. Yeah, so obviously you've mentioned the, uh, the ZRLs with Racing League there, but there are also I think I'm right in saying yes because I go on the Swift app, there are also events and races you could sign up for you know pretty much every day that they're not necessarily part of a you know a specific organised league. But you know, if you if you've got a <laughs> you're at a loose end one morning yep. and you fancy killing yourself on the turbo, you could sign up for a race any basically any day, right? Yeah, you could, you could, um, and yeah, as you say, they're not necessarily part of a sort of a, a regulated league, if you like, with a you know a 
a long list of teams and so on. You can just enter as an individual and, and race against some, those other individuals as well. Uh, the characteristic of that racing is a little bit different. Um, I'll probably come on to mention it a little okay. bit later. Um, at least in my experience, it is. I mean, it, it could it could be exactly the same, but we'll we'll cover that in sure. uh, in all good time. Okay. And um, are there anything you know? Is, is there anything specific that if you know, say, if you're you've you've, you've kind of you maybe done a few of those events, and you know you're interested in sort of stepping up. Is there any kind of like separate accounts that you need in order to, you know, be part of a enter the Zwift Racing League? Uh, yeah, so you need to have a Zwift Power account. Uh, it's a, it's a linked account. Um, the the exact ins and outs of it, you know, even confuse me at times. <laughs> but essentially, it's a separate account that you need to link to your Zwift profile. And what that does is, is basically, it's, it's a depository for all of your results, all of your power readings, um, and and it can, after a while, it can aggregate uh, a power category for you. So if you've ever been on Zwift before, you've got your A, B, C, D uh, categories. Uh, those are the racing categories as well. Uh, they they're measured in watts per kilo, and you get different you know different ranges. I won't go into the details of what those yeah. what those numbers are now, but you know essentially it's designed to categorise you against people who should be of a similar ability to you. And if you're obviously if you're running a smart trainer, that's a power meter. Usually, you know, it can record your power and your cadence as well as your. You also wear a heart rate monitor. It records all this data and then gives you, after time, a relatively accurate approximation of your. Uh, FTP and your watts per kilo rating. Got to put your weight in as well, obviously, to get your watts per kilo, and that's super important. And we'll come on to that later. An accurate weight. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> we'll come on to that later. It's, it's a contra- it's a bit of a controversial topic, and sure. uh, Zwift does a d- does its best to to regulate that. Sure. Um, but it's uh, it's not oh, it's not infallible, shall we say? Okay. Um, so we'll get on to that later. Okay. Well, let's dive straight into some of your kind of, uh, we won't call them mistakes anymore. We'll call them learnings. Yeah, let's do okay? that. Let's do that because it makes me sound better. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with the first one. Let, like, you know, you, you've entered your race, you know, you, it, you, it's got it, you've got it, the notification in your calendar, notification pops up on, on screen, you're on Zwift. What do you do? What's your learning, Ash? Uh, turn up on time. <laughs> uh, so my first race, it's easy to do if you've just entered a, a particular race and you've got loads of them to choose from as an individual. But for my first Swiss, uh, Swift Racing League uh, race, I I had myself, I was ready, uh, at least I thought I was ready, and then, you know, no one waits for you, essentially. So I basically got onto my trainer about two minutes before it started and um, loaded everything up. And because there's, obviously, it runs itself on time, and occasionally there's a few seconds difference uh, in between what maybe your computer says and what their central clock might yeah, say it's all running on a server and there's yeah exactly and, and th- things these days sort of link up very well anyway because it's all it's all powered by the internet anyway but the the i turned up and um i was late essentially by about 30 seconds in the end there were, there were mitigating circumstances for that i had a very slow computer that i was using at the time uh but essentially i missed the start and so that was a very lonely race for me there on in and just essentially riding solo and picking up stragglers who had fallen off the back of the groups <laughs> in front of me um and i think i'm out of the I don't know, the 85 or yeah, 85, 90 people that were in that race. I maybe picked off five of them in the in this in the space of the next hour and 15 minutes. So it wasn't exactly the most fun time of my life. So tip one, turn up on time. What what do you think is a kind of uh you know, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't know anything about Swift racing, how long do you think I should give myself to kind of like what at what point can you kind of like enter a race 
if yep. you know what I mean. What point does it start and it allows you into that start pen? If I could be on my turbo trainer like 15 minutes in advance of the start, is that kind of roughly a good good idea? Uh, if you're talking about the race specifically, yeah, get on your trainer about 10 to 15 minutes before, assuming your computer works. You know, you may have to troubleshoot connection issues with your heart rate monitor or maybe, you know, it'll be the one time that your trainer doesn't work. Of all the times that you want it to work, it'll be that time that it doesn't, you know, connect and you need to restart Zwift. It does happen. Um, so I'd say, around, you know, 10 to 15 minutes before is advisable. Yeah. And, and just get yourself in, in that pen in that start pen. Now, one of the things that I did do on my second, I, I can't remember if it was my second or third race, but one of the things I've also done is get myself there early doors. I'm warming up. I've got about a good 15 minutes in my legs. And that's super important because we're going to get onto that as well soon. But I'd warmed up. I then had the notification that pops up as I'm you know, riding around Watopia. It comes up in the bottom right-hand corner or bottom left-hand corner and it says, you know, jump to start. And you need to click on that and it gives you a countdown in there to when the event starts. At least it's counting down. And I thought, well, I don't need to be there three and a half minutes before the race. I can be there 30 seconds before the race and be fine because I'm still warming up. Um you know, and I want the distance that the Zwift, the Zwift sure, is you giving You want credit. Me. You want credit because for the warm-up I'm doing. if you go to the start pen, it just puts you on a virtual turbo trainer, That's right. it? And yeah. you don't get credit. Yeah, you get the power numbers, but you don't get the distance. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and at the time, that mattered to me. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter to me anymore at all. Uh, but, you know, having a relatively slow computer, I clicked it at 30 seconds to go. It took a, a good 60 seconds, maybe even longer, to actually load the new map and mm. get myself into the pen. And so by the time I arrived, I was on my own in that pen because everyone else had ridden off. Sure. So it's also it's worth bearing in mind that if it pops up, just get yourself in the pen and get yourself sat there and you can just sort of you can wipe yourself down, get yourself sorted, yeah. and away you go. So it's just don't take liberties with the time that you've got. Yeah. Get in there, get yourself settled. Yeah, especially if you're not running, you know, like a kind of super powerful gaming PC or something. I mean, it obviously won't be an issue if you're yeah, I think most kind of newer devices sure. are not going to load not going to load as fast. But obviously, yeah, if you are running a kind of slightly older setup, it is worth noting that yeah, if you have to move from you know one world map to another, there's going to be a loading screen. So just just kind of give yourself time to take that into account. Yeah. I think one good tip that I've often seen because I often get on the turbo trainer. And then, uh, I f you know, like if especially if you're rushing for an event, you know, it's been, and you know, you come home from work, you're rushing for a race. Like I always forget to turn on my fan, mm. and then I kind of have a panicked call to my partner to be like, "Can you come turn on the fan? Yeah. I can't, I can't stop pedaling. I need to turn <laughs> on the fan." And then, but like one good tip that I saw is someone to said that if you had your fan connected to a smart plug, mm -hmm. then you could leave your fan, you know, theoretically with the on switch, and then use the smart plug via your phone to switch it on when to you switch want to. it on when you want to. So. That would be a great failsafe mm -hmm. for avoiding that if you don't have such a sympathetic partner who says, you know, I might just leave you to, to I'll be I'll be to honest. Overheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be honest. I use my phone just to text my partner so she can bring me out another water bottle if I need sure. it. Um admittedly during a race, I'm usually my you know, my eyeballs are bleeding, which means that, you know, which means that it's hard to see my phone, first of all, straight and also to write a message while trying to keep up with whatever group I'm in. But yeah, generally speaking, there's, there's always that safeguard, at least but yeah, when she's understanding. Exactly. And that's another good one, you know, water bottles, food, you know, have spares available, have them within reach. You know, like I think I've had times on group rides where, yeah, like you say, 
you know, you're in a really hard moment, you've gone for a drink or something, and mm. then someone attacks on screen and you want to follow that and then you drop the bottle. And of course, there's no getting off to pick up that bottle. No. That one's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's worth, it's worth. you know, I've dropped my towel before now sure. and suddenly I can't wipe my brow when I need to because obviously even with the fan, indoor yeah. setup is just, if you're racing you're still... outdoors or you're riding outdoors, you know, hard, it, mm. you're not going to sweat quite as much because you just drop the heat a lot easier in most scenarios so yeah like you can drop your towel you can you know just make sure you've got your earphones as well that's super important i would also say you know we run in in the zwift league team that i ride for um occasionally they you know we have a video call so i've got my earphones linked into that um just just beware make sure you mute yourself um (laughs) when we are racing um some teams like to have like a ds like someone else who's not racing and they'll call the race and help help guys, you know, get onto the back of groups and so on. It's a nice little added thing. A bit sure, more you need someone fairly dedicated to turn up to your virtual race who isn't riding to call that. But I guess you if do. you're into it, you're into it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it can just be a team member who's like, I'm tired, yeah, but I'll come sure, and help out sure. or something. So that that's, that's quite a nice little okay. community thing. But yeah, if you're like me and you struggle with misophonia, where you know you struggle with noises of people chewing, or you know, it's just just something that <laughs> distractions. it distractions yeah. and so on. Well, it's it's really annoying when someone's panting down your ears. Okay. Um, and also, if you don't have the, um, it's worth noting if you don't have the uh, on mute anyway. If your trainer isn't the quietest trainer in the yeah. world, and even you know the quietest trainers, mm. you know that you've tested, yeah, Simon, they still they still generate noise. They they do they do, and even over the noise of your drivetrain, your microphone on your laptop or the yeah. microphone on your earphones can still pick that up. Totally. So basically, you're taking up the bandwidth for the for the two way chat that you sure. can have. You know, everyone knows what that sounds like these days with yeah. you know, having done video <laughs> calls when someone's trying to talk over someone. Yeah, because um, you just don't have all those channels. So, yeah, and um, what you can do is just drown ev- all the communication and everyone out about what's going on. Um, thankfully, what, one of our team leaders, he he likes, he's fairly strong, especially in the in the team that I, I ride with anyway, in the category that I ride with. And he uh, he's, he seem, always seems able to be able to shout some instructions out about how, <laughs> what's happening with the group and stuff. So kudos to him on that. Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, getting a decent warm up in earlier. And yeah. so I think let's move on to, to, to that because I think this is one of the the, the, the things that, can really surprise people no matter how many times they tell you this mm. it always surprises people how kind of aggressive the riding style is especially around the start so so tell us why it's important to get a full warm up and be prepared for that kind of opening you know few minutes yeah well well and and beyond i would say okay um the so what most people tend to think if you've seen racing you know they you know on telly you know watch the tour de france whatever it is you're watching you'll tend to have uh, a at least broadcast. You'll have a at the start of the race a, a neutralized zone. You're riding nice and steady, and then you know the race will take a while to settle down. And and I you know I've you know read autobiographies and chatted to a couple of pros before now where they've said to me, yeah, like the start of the race super hectic, really really hard. Is that like we can't keep this up? And what tends to happen in those longer races, whether it's a one day race or whether it's a, a stage race, they'll go really hard for a small amount of time, and then everything will ease off. And then they'll settle down. There'll be a breakaway, and that familiar pattern of there being a breakaway, and then the, the sprinters' teams or the you know the peloton, if it's a it's a GC race, will then wind up the pace, and 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 the stage will sort of play itself out. And those are traditional road racing tactics. On Zwift, that doesn't really happen. Mm. Uh, what happens on Zwift, and especially Zwift, the Zwift Racing League, in it, I I think, is 
you start incredibly hard, well above your threshold because everyone's keen just to get a jump or ride too hard. It just happens because you don't have people around you. It's a bit like starting a sportive. Sure. And if you've ever done that, you think, I'm going to go out and try and get an average of 30k an hour, and you find yourself averaging 35k an hour or even even faster because you're in a group. You know you're going too fast, but you think, well, I feel good right now. Yeah. But you won't when you get to the 80-mile mark and you've got 20 <laughs> miles to go. And you know many people will have been there. And okay, so a Zwift race lasts for about around about an hour, give or take, but that all gets compressed. So what you find is all those easy bits, and when you've slowed down in the middle of a, you know, a race or a sportive, you th- you know when you're working really hard, that doesn't happen. So what happens is you go way above your threshold to start with, and you're trying to keep up with the group. Everyone's doing the same thing and therefore pushing the pace along. There'll be those who are slightly lighter and pushing a slightly faster watts per kilo, and so they'll be pushing the pace on even more than you can, and you'll just get shelled out the back. And it's really hard. You just hold on for as long as you can until... And the tactic a lot of the time in our Zwift racing team is get to the first sprint, see what happens from there, because yeah. no, you know it's whether or not you feel good or not yeah. to be able to carry on. Um, at least, you know, in the front group. So it's basically, it starts really hard and then gets hard after <laughs> that. Um, and that, and that generally, that that's how it is. And it can be quite a shock to the system. Yeah. It, and I found in the past myself doubting whether I feel good or whether I, you know, I think how can, it, it can be quite demoralizing yeah, if, if I'm think, being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you think, you know, I'm sure I'm better than this. I, you know, I, I usually race in the C category. I've done a few B category races in the past when I've been stronger. I usually race in the C category, relatively heavy, to be honest. So that's why. And yeah, I find that I think, right, okay, I'm averaging about 3.2 watts per kilo. And I know that because that's what I've seen. I know I can do that for an FT, you know, FTP. And I think, great, okay. So that's about my category. And I should be near the top there. Mm. Um, I should be able to keep up with that. And it should be absolutely fine. But it's never the case because... I'm not particularly attuned to riding 10 minutes at five watts per kilo. Yeah. So I then, I go too far into the red because I'm better at a long distance riding, if I'm honest. And then, and then I, I get shelled out the back. So, and then you think, oh, well, that was, that was a waste of time. And it sounds really, <laughs> really negative. And, it, and it, it shouldn't be because, you know, it depends how you approach it, but that can occur to you. So it's worth being prepared for that and just being kind to yourself when the i would say the inevitable does happen yeah totally i think um it, i think it's that intensity of uh of of effort which is just a bit of a shock to the system because yes. it's you know if you've ever raced a crit race in real life you know it's a little bit like that in the sense that because everyone's like super pumped up everyone really want you know in a, in a real life crit race mm. the, you know the objective is obviously to get to the front then it doesn't matter quite so much in a Zwift race because, you know, there isn't jostling for position in the same way. Yeah. But at the same time, obviously, if you ever did want to go to, with an attack in a race, in a Zwift race, you do need to be near the front in order mm. to see it go. So that is a concern. I think, you know, that, as you say, that, like the likelihood is, is that the first time you do a Zwift race, this is going to be a very a big shock to the system. And, you're, and, and you know, unless you're just super fit and, you know, you're, not, you're kind of racing in perhaps the wrong category, then... You know, you may well, as you say, get dropped because you're not used to that effort. Now, obviously, you know, if you rest properly, come back another day, like, you know, you should get fitter, you should be able to adapt to this. I think in my experience, it's just one of those things where you have to go kind of beyond what you think you're capable of. Just try and hold on, Mm -hmm. you know. Theoretically, as you say, if if they're in the same category as you, they should you should be evenly matched to a to a kind of degree. So you, you just got to kind of trust that 
you know, if you can't, if you're finding this hard, everyone else is kind of finding it hard too. Yes, I think yes. in real life, you know, you can obviously look around and see that everyone's finding it hard in a race. Yeah, you don't get that. You at don't all. get that in a unless, race. unless you're on a video call, you can yeah. see all your teammates also struggling, and, <laughs> and it's just and you think, well, I can't see the movies. It's such a small screen, can't see them, you know, nodding their head yeah. very much. And go, but no, they they they're struggling just as much as you. Yeah, are. and 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 I think you know, the kind of drafting mechanics in Zwift. Are, they're not quite the same as they are in real life. I find that like once you're out of the draft, it's very, very difficult to get back in it. So I think it's kind of there's a kind of skill thing there of like learning how to stick within the groups and, yeah. and also learning that there there seems to be a slight de- I, I always feel there's a bit of a delay in between when you start pushing the pedals and when your kind of avatar in game kind of speeds up and moves forward relative to everyone else. Yeah, it's so very it, true. It, it's about you know, if you're hovering anywhere near the back of the group, I always feel like you need to be just aware of moving up to the front of that group earlier and not letting yourself slip to the back because yeah if you if you get disconnected from that group unless you can get together with a trio of or, you know or a, a big group of other people and that front group slows down it, it, it could be very difficult to pull that front group back the nba playoffs are here and we all know playoff mode is a thing listen to the evidence Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with all of that. And um, yeah, but the, the reality is, and and anyone who races or anyone who you know knows about sort of peloton mechanics as soon as someone starts pushing up and someone else starts pushing up because they've been moved to the back you push the pace on yeah and because it's not instant you don't have the benefit of real riding and eyes in front you know looking at the road in front of you and there's no one at the front being able to shout across to other races say whoa just cool it down cool it down that doesn't happen (laughs) in a a swift racing race because you can't you can't do that so so what happens is you just get that continual pushing of the pace, yeah. And it's whether you can withstand that or not. Yeah. So it's one of those one of those characteristics of Swift racing that does not translate very well to real racing and and those real tactics that you see in the real world. I think one thing that is quite useful is is to be keeping an eye on the kind of uh, the rider list on yes. the right hand side of the screen. So uh, and and on there it kind of gives the live watts per kilo mm. of what everyone's doing. And so if you see. You know, yeah. if you see those numbers turning red, yep. that's a good indication that you need to turn red as well. Like, Quick don't shot. don't yeah. don't wait for people to start coming past you because mm. by then it could be too late, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because you are only looking at a representation of someone 
on an avatar. Like at the end of the day, you you can steer on on Zwift just a little bit, and some other other platforms as well. That that technology does exist. However, when you're Zwift racing, ninety nine point nine percent of people, and I don't even know if it actually is a factor in Zwift racing, where it's just the computer sort of positioning you. And you can ignore whether you're actually right behind someone or whether you've actually ridden just in front of them. The chances are you're getting a draft effect anyway because the computer algorithm simply can't simply can't share that process that amount of data of everyone moving through a group. Mm. Is there's too much going on. So essentially, if you're in a group, you're doing all right. And if it tells you to close up, close up. If it tells you not to close up or that it's completely blank, then keep doing what you're doing. But Pay attention to those watts per kilo ratings on the right-hand side in that ticker because, yeah, that's the first warning you'll get and you need to be on it. Yeah, because obviously in the real world, you know, someone attacks in a race, you get a lot of people going, hop, up, 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 you know, attack, attack, you know, yeah. but obviously, yeah, you're just not getting it. Unless your teammates have spotted it, you're not getting that. So no, pay attention. Um, we talk about watts per kilo there. You know, I think obviously weight, as you kind of already mentioned, mm. because of the way Zwift calculates things, is it makes a massive difference. Uh, And obviously everyone has to enter their own race. Now I know uh, their own weight, sorry. I know that in, you know, the kind of the upper echelons of of Zwift racing, I believe that people have to kind of, you know, film, they have to film weighing a known weight on their scale. (laughs) Yep. Uh, and then weigh themselves, you know, and then film weighing themselves on those same scales to kind of get around that. But but in but in obviously the rest of you know, I'm sure this it's not kind of feasible to do that for everyone else, right? No, it's not. It's not at the end of the day. Uh, you see that with the the top sort of I won't call it pro. Uh, it's definitely amateur, isn't it? But you know, you might get some pro races dropping in. Yeah. But the, the, the reality yeah. is, is high level amateurs. High level amateurs. Yeah, exactly. Basically, your A category riders racing in the top level. Uh, Zwift uh, mandates that you have to do that, and the the organize the actual organizing body of the Zwift Racing League mandates that you need to do that, and so that's there to sort of protect the integrity of of the racing, and and it's important there because money's involved, especially there's sponsorship involved. Yeah. There are things like I forgot what it's called. What's it called? Where, where Zwift Zwift runs its league, and uh, you know you you can you can get a pro contract at the end of it. Oh, Zwift Academy. Zwift Academy. There <laughs> it is. There it is. Um, but yeah, Zwift Academy essentially then you know needs to it all needs to be protected, and, yeah. and the sanctity of it needs to be protected yeah. in the same way that yeah. you know I'm going to mention the word doping needs you know and sure. the sanctity of real racing also needs to be protected. Yeah. Now that's impossible to regulate across the thousands and thousands of people who are taking yeah. on these races at, in all the different categories, and so you know. It's it's a case of needing to be honest about your weight. Now, the mistake I've made in the past, and I'm going to keep this to myself for the moment. Um, the learning. But yeah, eh? The learning that I've made <laughs> is that I have forgotten in the past to change my weight uh, when I'm actually lighter and fitter. So I'm putting out the same amount of power or the power I'm putting out, whatever that is, yeah. but I'm doing it with an avatar that is yeah. um, 82 kilos as opposed to an avatar that should be 79 or 80 kilos. And I've made that mistake before it feels like i can't keep up it feels like my climbing especially i need to really go into the red to keep up and it really does make a difference just a couple of kilos really makes a difference so i approach zwift racing with total honesty it's the way i like to do it because i know that i'm only cheating myself i like to keep fit that's what i like to do so so um if if it's not real like if those measurements aren't real then it doesn't mean that much to me so I'm very honest about it. And yeah, if I'm 82.5 kilos instead of 82 kilos, I'm changing it. Um, and that's what I do now. But I have made the mistake in the past where, you know, I haven't updated it and I've been lighter than I actually have, you know, 
actually have been on of, in reality. And so my numbers don't quite add up. You can also, by accident, totally innocently by accident, forget to update your weight, and actually you are heavier. Sure, or I mean, more might, powerful at this time of year. There might be more. There might be more people who are, say you know put on a couple of kilos over exactly. Christmas and haven't updated their Zwift rate. Now, obviously, I haven't updated my Zwift rate. Uh, my Zwift weight since Christmas. Uh, I haven't done any racing, but no. yeah, I suppose if I was going to, yeah. it might be a good idea to weigh myself. Yeah, but by the same token, away from racing, you're still doing some training on yeah. there. You're still doing, you know, watts per kilo, uh, you know, stuff that's based around watts per kilo and your power to weight ratio, which means that, you know, those numbers might not be as accurate as they are. But, you know, you square that off for your, with yourself. If you're happy with that, fine. But when other people are racing, it it is, I think it's a responsibility yeah. to make sure that you're keeping things up to date. But it's totally, you know, it's totally fair. It does happen. There are multiple profiles. I've got my Zwift, uh, sorry, my, my Strava profile, which has got a certain weight on it, which I keep ballparky because I can't be bothered to update everything all the time. <laughs> I've got one on Garmin, but I don't have a Garmin scale, which means that I need to update that manually as well. Uh, my Apple Watch also has, you know, my Apple Health thing also has a weight on there as well, which does update automatically, but I need to go and manually do everything else when we use the smart scales we've got at home. Um, and then, of course, there's Swift, and I've got to keep that one up to date as well. It's a faff. Or, you know, it, for our American listeners, it's a real pain in the backside. <laughs> so, look, it, it's it's one of those where, you know, it can be annoying to keep on top of it, but it's the honest thing to do. And in reality, you know, it's it's fair. It's fair to everyone else around you, and it's also fair to yourself as well. That's how I view it. So that's the learning I've taken from it. But it doesn't mean, unfortunately, that everyone else necessarily does the same thing. And, and, and this is where a grey area comes, and it's not... It's 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 a difficult thing necessary to talk about with any confidence because I don't know what other people are doing. What I can say is when I've been, I've raced in a Zwift uh, C category race where the upper limit should be three point two watts per kilo, I've seen riders in the top twenty be at least say zero point five, zero point six watts per kilo over that upper limit on on the kind of total average power for the race on the total average power yeah. for the race when it comes up with your race results at the end you look at uh, you can also look at you know there are some in there they don't even necessarily have to be the race winners but you i've also seen someone measure 4.2 watts per kilo having ridden an hour at 4.2 watts per kilo when technically that shouldn't they shouldn't be able to do so with you know if they're racing in that category theoretically yes now now zwift what zwift does do is it uh, you know and zwift the with the link to the zwift power account it says hey you've just done this clearly Clearly, you're in the wrong category, and then upgrades you. Okay, but and does that prevent you then from racing future events? Essen- uh, essentially, you in... could you could go and race it, but what would happen is you'd get disqualified almost okay. immediately. Well, you'd get after the fact, you get disqualified, um, I think, and then someone who had who was who should be in that category yeah. would then be bumped up in in the rankings. But it's a real shame that that yeah, person was that's... there was there anyway, influencing the race, and you know, sort of disauthentically if you like or unauthentically yeah. and it's and, it, and it's, it's tricky i suppose with the amount of people as you say that even if there kind of is some sort of form of automatic category enforcement yes it, it, it's kind of tough just to manage that amount of people all the time and obviously yeah. they have that you know that that person in order to kind of enforce that category automatically that that person presumably has to have a kind of like big enough history mm. of recent races on Zwift that it can then use as evidence to enforce category so it, it's yeah. kind of like an imperfect system it is um, an imperfect system and you know Zwift isn't we're talking here we're just we're having a chat about the things that I've learned of and Zwift isn't part of this conversation it's worth saying yeah. that right now um 
But the, you know, the reality is this: these are the things you see, and it, it can get a little bit frustrating. <laughs> uh, you know, put, put simply, yeah, it's 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 a t- it's a tough one, really, because you know, Zwift does its very best um, to sort of uphold these, um, you know, uphold sort of you know the the sanctity of, of the racing and so on, and the and, and make sure it's as fair as it possibly can. But there are limits to what it can do. Yeah, and there's all you know, there's accidental, you know, virtual doping. As as I'm sure that's a that's a term that people will have come across before now, where there's algorithms that are, you know, I think someone recently had a, you know, won a race or, you know, and it was absolute mad numbers that they were producing. I don't remember their name. Um, it, and it, I, yeah, I don't it, particularly it was, mind was, either, to be honest. They did it but, live. They did it live on stream, and yeah, uh, yeah kind of <laughs> like broke away from a pack of elite indoor riders and. Um, on the, on a final climb up, so it it was pretty pretty shocking. Yeah. I think I think in that instance, I, I believe the investigation by Zwift said that they had um, yeah in, intentionally kind of miscalibrated their power meters or you know, yeah it's kind of fiddled with the numbers somehow and somehow. And, and that you know, Zwift felt that there wasn't enough history of mm. similar performances to kind of authenticate that ride so you know it does happen and obviously it, it, it's a really tricky one because you know we test a lot of power meters you know some are better than others the same as smart trainers some smart trainers are better than others you know i have had i have tested smart trainers that underread. yep i have also tested smart trainers that that can overread in yep. certain situations so mm. it, you know it isn't necessarily so and and I and I know you're not saying this that that anyone is necessarily doing anything intentionally nefarious, you know. No. But there are just there's just so many variables and there and um and there are so many people yeah. that that occasionally it it might yeah, you might get into those racing and it might feel that you know you're you know you should be doing better in these races and you're not, but you know, it could be for it could be for any reasons, it could be for power it could be for tactics it could be for mm-hmm. you know maybe you need to learn the drafting mechanics better or learn the course better or you know mm-hmm. work on that you know work on that start so you can hit make that front group and then after 15 minutes sit in that front group for the rest of the race or something but it, it you know i don't mean you specifically ash but we're just you know just, to, well, just yeah, talking I, generally I, I can i can you know take that on board that's no problem <laughs> i could take that advice on board but it, but it, it it's tricky you know like don't let it put you off, isn't it? That's what that's what you're kind of saying. Is that yes. like uh, accept that there are going to be, you know, it, it they're they're hard to win. Accept that they're hard to win. Accept that human nature is human nature, and as long as there's been humanity, there have unfortunately been cheats in the world. It will happen, and it does happen. Whether I can point to a specific example where I've seen it happen, and I know 100% that's the case. No, I can't do that. But you know, it's the it's the very nature. You know, if I get, if I turn up to my next race, for example, and I know that I've weighed myself, you know, that morning. Let's say I've actually gone ahead and done that, and it said, "Oh, you're 82 kilos," and I know that it says it's 80 kilos, and I don't bother to change that. To me, that's you know that even even if I'm not making the you know the active decision in my mind to say I'm going to cheat and try and get myself a better result today, you know, it's not. It's still, in my view, that's still being dishonest when you're coming to do your Zwift racing. So, unfortunately, it exists. Unfortunately, it's there. Zwift, has, uh, you know, to my knowledge, only has a limited ability to be able to to be able to regulate these things because it's just it's it's so enormous now. So, so yeah, I think my my overall advice and the way I approach it and the way I've learned to approach it is to approach it where you say, okay, I'm doing this for me. I'm I'm trying to get the most out of it for me. If that means I know I can't hold, 
you know, those massive power spikes at the beginning. And I know I can't do that, but I can see a group sort of forming almost immediately out the back, then you know what? Maybe I'll just ride with that one instead because I know I can't hold this pace. I know if I do that, I might, worst case scenario, give myself an injury or I might um, you know, have, you know, the, 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 set, the race I'm doing is actually no good to my fitness at all because that's what I prioritise. You know, if it's going to be no good to my fitness at all, then I'll, I'll, I'll hang back and try and do a threshold session after that, you know, while re- what, being in a group and keeping, you know, along the course and trying to stick with that group as well. Because ultimately, I'm probably still going to work hard anyway. You know, I'll come first if I get to the front of that group, if I fancy sprinting at the very end. And if I don't, well, fine. But at least I got a good workout out of it. So, yeah, it really depends how you how you approach things. But I... I I advocate having a a healthy, wholesome approach to swift <laughs> racing because it's just the best way to go about it, even if you may never see the front of a group. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, this is kind of why I, I, I shy away from um, you know, virtual or swift, or swift racing, just because mm. the kind of intensity of the effort can be such that it, it is essentially unproductive. I find that if I do... You know, if I do a Zwift effort, you know, just like when I'm you know, racing in real life, it's essentially a maximum effort. You know, I give it, I give it everything, and mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not, you know, I'm not very good at you know the thing you just described. Where you said like, you know, if if this is beyond what you think you're capable of, just you know, get with a group and work. Like, I will ride myself into the ground to stay at the front of the race, and then if not, you know, if I, if I get dropped because I've I've died. You're driven by the I've carrot. You on, like that yeah. carrot in front of you. Yeah if, yeah, yeah, if I get dropped because I've died on my smart trainer, then, you know, so be it, I suppose. Mm. But like, but then, but then I, you know, it leaves me so exhausted for the rest of the week that I yeah. don't do any quality training. Yeah. And and then, yeah, like, it, you know, overall, it's probably not, not productive. Well, some some side tips then could be that if you're in a, if you're in the say the Zwift Racing League and you come up against the same people who finished around the same sort of time as you all the time, where you see someone who's averaging maybe 0.1 or 0.2 watts per kilo more than you, and you think I'm racing with them for a lot of it, and then for the last ten minutes I'm not there, that's your target. That's your race. So race against those people. They may not be there every week. I'm not there every week, so you know I know that's to be the case. But race against those people and try or try to, on average, move your position slightly higher up. Instead of finishing 85th out of 86 people, I've done that before now. <laughs> um, at least I think I have. I've done very close to the back, at least. You know, try and finish in the top 70. Then make it a goal to finish in the top 60. There are ways to go around improving your you know, how you race and what you get out of Zwift racing without actually saying, well, um, the team didn't win, so we lost. It's it, it's not productive or or helpful, I think, um, psychologically speaking anyway, to, to approach it that way. So that would be my tip. And just kind of um, practically in terms of racing, I think one thing, you know, you mentioned earlier that you know, you're, you're quite quite big for a cyclist and obviously on on Zwift you know we, we've we've already talked about this that weight makes a massive difference and I, and I find that you know I'm I'm very slight um for my height you know around six foot but I only weigh around sort of 65 kilos God. <laughs> wow okay so so that makes it you know for, so when I'm riding on Zwift I find it you know relatively easy when we're going uphill but I find that the opposite is true when I go when when as soon as we go oh. downhill because in real life obviously you go downhill most people just stop pedaling mm. and uh you know unless they're specifically attacking downhill which is mm. kind of rare in amateur ranks most people just freewheel downhill in the bunch yep. whereas on Zwift no one freewheels downhill so no. I find that like I have to I have to be aware that I need to save myself on the climb and then make sure I'm at the front of the group yes. on the descent because I have to pedal a lot harder especially you know yeah 
if it's a kind of long descent, it would be very easy for me to get tailed off the back of a group. So I think, you know, is, is that something that, you know, maybe you've had the opposite in your experience? I wouldn't say I've had the opposite, but my, I, I mean, I've, the way I ride, I've got a reasonably big, big aerobic um, engine. I used to be a swimmer. Um, I managed to maintain that through to being, to being, you know, our age now. So, you know, I find that I'm able to absorb a high level of lactate and therefore I can sort of sit on that threshold for a long period of time. It's just something I trained into myself when I was a teenager. So I can kind of mitigate against the, my weight. I climb better than someone who is 82 kilos and, I'm, and I enjoy doing it, which someone else who's 82 kilos may <laughs> say to me, no, what are you talking about? Climbing's awful. Um, but I really like it. I love going to the mountains, for example. Coming down the other side, having that weight is a bit of an advantage. But, you know, ultimately, ultimately, you know, aero plays a role on, you know, theoretically plays a role on Swift as well. And if you're in a group and you're just pedaling away and you're in that group, then, you know, you will get the benefit of that, especially as you're going faster. You know, that aero benefit improves or gets higher at least. So I think actually it is weighted a bit. My experience of it seems to be that if you get to a climb, that's where it really sort of affects you more it, when you come down the descent it does affect you but not quite as much i think proportionally that's my view of it you may disagree no um, i think i broadly agree i yeah. don't think i have to work as hard on the downhill as the heavier people have to work on the uphill i think i think yeah. that's probably what we're what we're saying here yeah. and also remember the downhills don't last as long no they don't exactly and i think that's probably probably why i, yeah. I just think it's a kind of like I, I suppose the point i was trying to get at was that maybe you need to not not you like the yeah, kind of the me, royal me. we we all need to know our kind of strengths and weaknesses as yes. riders and then try and learn how to apply that to the virtual racing course because there are some that are you know pan flat yep. right but then there are also some you know obviously I don't know about the Zwift Racing League for example but I've entered plenty of events that just go straight up out the Zwift yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and and you know kit makes a difference as well this is a side kind of learning as well is that you know you do get to select your own kit and it does make a difference whether you you select your you know you select an aero bike that you've earned through all the drops of sweat that you you know the virtual drops of sweat that it awards you with and so on when you've been doing lots of training and you think oh do you know what i'll have that bike available to me uh, with the aero wheels and so on and that's great for a flat course and then you need a lightweight bike for you know doing out the zwift or something now Again, as I said, I'm very honest about the way I go about things. So what I do is I get the closest bike that I can get to the one that I'm actually riding on in my garage, <laughs> uh, and and right, which it, which it, you know is a Canyon Ultimate with rim brakes, and I've, it's a DT Swiss wheels, which are you know very nice virtual representations of those sure. of those bikes, right? But you know it gives me decent performance all round, but it doesn't mean that I never go and change the bikes. I think, yeah, okay, I could but I just don't care that much. <laughs> and actually I'm doing it because I'm riding this bike and I think, you know, what What matters to me is the power I'm putting out and, you know, the health benefits and the fitness benefits I'm getting out of it. What doesn't matter to me is whether or not I've picked the... I just I just don't care that much. <laughs> um, sorry, teammates. Um, but, you well, know, I was going to say, if you, if, 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 for those who do care, I, yes. I do know that there is an excellent website called uh, ZwiftInsider.com yes. who yeah. have done uh, some excellent uh, testing on the performance and the climbing performance and the flat performance of, of Swift bikes and Swift wheels and yep. things like that. So, it, it, you know, if that is something that, you know, I mean, like, I don't I don't think it's going to transform you from a Category C rider into a Category A rider just because nope. you've unlocked the Tron bike. But, yeah. um, you know, if you're looking for that, like, small marginal gain and, yeah, you know, 
it, it, it is probably worth checking out. Yeah, I should say as well, I'm nowhere near unlocking the Tron bike. And the Tron, <laughs> the Tron bike, in case you don't know, is is a bike that you can see with like it basically looks like a Tron bike where yeah. you've got like light up, it like light up wheels, wheels and yeah. frame and so on, and it's supposed to give you know really really high performance across all disciplines. So it's kind of like the bike that you can't buy essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like. That that's that moves more into the gamification of of cycling than the actual training elements of cycling for me, and that doesn't appeal to me quite so much. So I tend to stay away from it. Like I don't even, sadly, I don't even bother all the time with it. Well, when I'm ra- swift racing, I do bother with the uh, sort of the the power packs that you can get along the way. A bit like Mario Kart, sure. you, you roll yeah. through a certain segment, yeah, yeah. and then it, it gives you one, and it's all it's it's on a ticker. So there are three available. You might get, say, lightweight or aero, or you might even get an anvil to increase your weight, so you go downhill yeah. a little bit easier. That's always a nice one when you get to the top of the line. <laughs> uh, so look out for that sign yeah, when yeah, you're exactly. racing. But so they're worth using there in that situation. But again, you know, when I'm doing group rides separately, when I'm doing group rides, or I'm doing a training session, and they still well training sessions, they sometimes don't flick up, but. When they're available and they and they come up, I think I can't be bothered to use them. I, I you know I don't want to reach over and press the space bar on my uh, on, on my Mac. I'd rather just sort of keep riding and ride more real, if you know what I mean. Sure. That's how I that's but that's how sure. I choose to ride. So, but yeah, when I'm when I'm racing, I do use those um, I do use those power packs, and it's worth doing as well because it just might save you for a little bit longer, and that might mean at the end, come the end of the race, you're ten places higher. Which, if you're looking at the you know measuring your success by where you finish on an average place. That's possibly something worth doing. So it's worth all these small things will, as with everything else in cycling and life, all these small things will add up to make a difference. But because you can't A B test it, you'll never know if it actually did work. But they should all add up to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I think there are plenty of uh, lessons learned there. Yeah. So thank yeah. you very much for you know uh, sharing your experience with us. I think that's been hopefully very useful. As always. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please do leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts as that helps us reach more people. Uh, If you have any questions or comments about what we've discussed today, you can email us at podcast at bikeradar.com. Otherwise, we will see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 